Hello, everybody. Welcome to Drusha Deconstructed. I'm Rabbi Yitzhak Yenak, and I'm here with some of my besties, Rabbi Scott Holman. And Rabbi and Ariel Schreier. And Rabbi Ariel Schreier. I didn't get to say my name this time. <laughs> We're very excited it's to have you, Rabbi Holman. This is great. Okay, and Rabbi Holman, it's your turn this week to present a medrash, a parish, something that we're all going to discuss and digest and construct into a, into a drasha. We're I very excited. I wonder what it will be. I think it's going to be really good. Okay. You ready? A lot of pressure. Let's hear it. Okay, so Parsha's Bahaloska, the first Rashi on the Parsha, I think it's the first Rashi, I have it printed out here, that... In, in last week's Parsha, Parsha's Nasa, we go through the repetitive read. You all remember during Kriya Torah, the, the read again and again and again, everybody bringing the Korbanos and the, the Nisim bringing their offerings. And Behaloscha starts, and Behaloscha is this uh, job that's given to Aaron Akoim. Rashi says, Why is there this connection between the menorah and uh, the inaugural offerings of all the Nisim. It says, When Aaron saw all the Nisim bringing their offerings, and notably Aaron is the Nasi of the tribe of Levi, and the tribe of Levi was not included, even though we repeated it all those times, the Levim are left out. Brian and Menashe were split it, up. I didn't know that Aaron is actually the Nasi of oh, Levi. I, am I wrong about that? I mean, I guess you're probably right about it. Continue. I, that's my own comment. It's not in the Rashi. Um, okay, so Aaron, when he saw that all the Nisim were bringing their, their offerings, Chal Shadaito, Lohuvlo Shivto. So Aaron, Chal Shadaito means his, he felt bad about this. He felt weak that he wasn't included in this. So Amr Lo HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Chayecha Shalcha Gedola Mishalham, yours is greater than theirs. You'll be the one who lights and sets up the menorah. So that's Rashi's comment at the beginning of the Parsha. Aaron was feeling bad that he wasn't included in the offerings of the Nisim, so he got the menorah at the beginning of our Parsha. So this Rashi is just a setup for the Ramban. The Ramban attacks this Rashi, and I thought this question was just so strong, and that's what I want to bring to the table today. Maybe we can defend Rashi. The Ramban asks on Rashi, says, how could Aaron be jealous of all the Nisim? Aaron is doing the Ketoras. He brings all these other, he brings all the Korbanos. He brings the Minchas Chavitim. On Yom Kippur, it's only him who enters into the Kodesh HaKadashim. Aaron has so much more than everybody else. All the Nisim. These Nisim have one day to bring all these offerings, and Aaron has a lifetime of being the Kohen Gadol. Right, it sounds like an amazing kinna to be jealous of them. Yeah, it's almost I mean, like what Adam Arishon was jealous that he had all the fruit trees except for the Eitzadas, the Eitzachayim, and just that, or Haman, right, the Gra famously says by Haman, he had everything he, he, he wanted in the right, world, except, right, except Mordechai won't bow down, he says everything's worthless after that. Yes, yeah, so what why was Aaron so upset? Yeah, so, I mean, that's one of the things that I think makes this Ramban jump out at me. The question is so strong, and it, it paints Aaron in such a negative light that it, it it's very interesting. It's like also the, it, it, the interesting the things that you pointed out that the Ramban points out aren't the approach that Rashi takes even to answer the question. Or what do you mean answer the question? I mean, Rashi doesn't answer the question that like oh Hashem calmed Aaron down and said like oh you have all the good things you have the Ketores you have all these great things every single day. He doesn't say that. He gives him a different answer. Right. So I think that 
you know, we're gonna have to think about that if we try to approach this. Right. Rashi wasn't bothered by that Ramban's question because that's not even how Aaron's appeased. Right. Aaron's appeased just with the regular thing and with the, the menorah, and the Mishkan. Right. Why is that? Any? Why is the menorah better than the Minchas Chavitin and any of the other kavanos that Aaron brought every day? Yeah. Yeah. I so that. I mean, I really. This is really the. This is the question. The Ramban has a, another approach. He, Disregards mm-hmm. Rashi's explanation. He talks about a connection to Hanukkah, mm-hmm. famous from Ban there. But I really want to focus on the Rashi. Like, how could it be? What does that mean? Aaron was jealous, or Chalsha Daito, of all the other Nisim, their inaugural offerings, and therefore he was given the menorah. But here, the menorah doesn't seem to be the most significant thing, and Aaron has so much more than everybody else. Just reading Rashi, do you think Rashi's trying to paint? Aaron in a positive light, a negative light. Like, is this a good kina, a bad kina? It's a good question, right? I, th- I would think. I mean, when I read the Rashi, until once you read the Ramban, so now you're you're primed to think of this as like, what is he asking? But it sounds nice that Aaron he sees all the Nisim, he wonders what his is, and Hashem is even it sounds like rewarding him or encouraging him, saying, "Yours is going to be great." He's not telling, like you pointed out, Hashem's response isn't, "You already have everything." It's as if like this was an appropriate. It just word. reminds me of the idea of like kinasofrim tarba chachma. Right. Like when there's jealousy amongst the talmidei chachamim rabbanim, if there are more authors of sorim, so there'll be more sorim that come out. Right. The medrash the medrash compares um, learning Torah, which is what Rishra you're talking about, um, to to rain, and the gemara the pasuk in in Parshas uh, Hazinu compares it to rain, but the medrash says that fish live in water, like the Jewish people live and survive in the Torah. He says, yet, the Medrash notes, that when it rains, the fish all go to the top of the, uh, of this, the surface of the trout. water. And they say, because even though they're surrounded by water, they always want a little bit more. Just like the Jewish people, they're surrounded by Torah, they always want a little bit more. So maybe it's a good thing. Aaron had a lot. But he said, yeah, you know, I wish I had, I, had, I had this also. Not because I don't want them to have it, but I also want to participate in this. That's so great by, by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. It almost sounds like a, a kavod here, though. Like, um, maybe not. I was thinking maybe that could help answer the I mean, That's why Rashi needs a new, an additional item that Aaron's given to, to satisfy him. Because Aaron's upset that, like, look, they're getting all these opportunities to do mitzvahs. Like, I, I want to be like that fish. I want to come rise to the top. I want to get that extra trap. So if Hashem just told him, like, oh, but look, you're surrounded by water. You have so much already. Like, that wouldn't have satisfied Aaron. He wants that next level. And that's why they needed this additional thing of the menorah. He needed to add something extra. Mm-hmm. Right, so you guys, what you, were, you guys are suggesting is probably it's a, good, a good road that we could take in this drasha, is developing an idea of, of never being... I mean, you have to figure out what things in life it's bad to be jealous and when it's acceptable, but never to be satisfied in your spiritual right. so this accomplishments. Be, this, you, can, you can always accomplish more. You got to jump for that extra drop. Right. This could be a drush about complacency. Yeah, don't become complacent. So this isn't what I was thinking at all. I was, what I was thinking about this was like we have to figure out what is it that's unique about the menorah that, or the Chanukahs or something about Chanukah, the, the idea of inauguration. Aaron wanted to be part of that, part of this first day, this excitement even though he does have some roles later on. Uh-huh. But well, that, that still might answer why 
the menorah was. I mean, there is Hashem didn't give him a carbon. Hashem didn't give him. Oh, you know, you want you want more, so like I'm going to give you something else. Also, he gave him something different. So there's probably some truth to that approach also. What were you saying about Hanukkah? The wise the menorah. What I mean, they the Nesiyim were coming. The Hanukkah is Hamishkan, right? This is the first twelve days of the dedication of the Mishkan. Opening day. Well, right for twelve days, exactly. Um, and that's, that's not something. Yeah, this is not something that you can get later on. There's no replacement for this because you get twelve days of Hanukkah, the the dedication of the Mishkan, and then that's it. Then it's over. So, so well, what about the menorah? This is what you're asking. What about the menorah is is satisfying in some way? What were you, what were you thinking about? Well, I, really, I mean, I, I thought about this question. I thought about this answer. Ooh, I, I didn't see game. the source ahead of time. So what so, do you think? What I was thinking, maybe it's technical, but maybe we can develop it. Is the I think the Gemara Yuma the Hadlaka Lava Vodahi, the lighting of the menorah really isn't even unique to the Kohen. Uh-huh. So. It's like almost a joke that, oh, Aram, you were given the hadlaka, but really anybody could do the, the lighting of the menorah. It's not something that's only for Aram anyway. But what is only for Aram is the, the first lighting of the menorah. It had to first be lit by Aram, and then everybody else, the next person to light can be somebody else. Why is that? I think it's because they, they know, that's what Hashem was, was giving to him, was the Hanukkah, the inaugurating the menorah. So the rule was that the Hanukkah of the menorah needs to, to be done by Aaron the, yeah, the, 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 the dedication so they dedicated the Mizbeach the Mizbeach the Mizbeach he got to dedicate the menorah uh-huh. I think he did do the, the lighting every day like historically practically uh-huh. but halachically somebody else could relight the menorah uh-huh. and isn't there a halacha that like the, the Chanukah HaMizbeach has to be done from the Ner Tamid isn't there such a, yeah, a rule Oh, well, the Mizbeach is lit. The Mizbeach is lit from the menorah, the fire. The menorah, menorah right? Near my Ravi. Yeah. I, I, I think there's such a halacha that the the when the Mizbeach is dedicated, it needs to be dedicated. It has to be lit. The first time the menorah, the Mizbeach is lit, it has to be lit using a flame that was taken from the menorah, which is unique. Well, that would that, be very. But then that, that would connect to all of so them. That would connect it, right? Yeah. So that means that retroactively. He right. really inaugurated all of them. Right. So that's what I thought. This stress, I think, it, it, this source, this Ramban, trying to answer this question is very flexible. You can take any component or idea about the menorah and launch What do you mean, the, an idea about the menorah? What I mean, like, mind? you could talk about the fact that what you just said, that the menorah is what lit the Mizbeach. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have other DVD tour about the, the light of the menorah, what does it mean to, I don't know, light? <laughs> Like anything that you could think of with the menorah, any debris Torah that you have on the menorah could use this as like a. Is this Ramban? The Ramban takes a different approach. His other approach is Ner Hanukkah also, or is that something? Yeah, the, totally the Rashi's different. not talking about Ner Hanukkah. Is, is that the Ramban, or that's also that's someone else who connects this? No, that's the Ramban. Okay, that's the other approach. He <laughs> says that the, the Rashi, that the, the Medrash that Rashi's referring to, is really talking about Hanukkah. Right. Right, that's problematic for its own reasons, right? Because historically, that, that it just cause it had nothing to do with the Mishkan, right? right. He says that Shalchag Dom Shalam, you have a greater Chanukah, you have the Chanukah of Chanukah, and that menorah is be lit even in Gullus. But uh, that's not by Aaron; it's not lit by Kohanim. It's something to do with with Levi. 
so what's the connection over there? But let's let's get back to. Yeah, I think I think this approach, as opposed to the first approach we tried to take at the beginning, is be- works better with those words shel chagidol mishalahem, meaning it much more connects. You know, going in tandem, the menorah with the mizbeach, and maybe the menorah is even the cause of the mizbeach, as opposed to right. just like, oh, you want more, so like I'll give you something else. I'll give you the menorah. Well, it starts. It starts with his him, him with Aaron and the Levim not being complacent, despite the fact that they'd been given a lot, which is absolutely true. Um, Aaron is going to be the only one who can do the avodah in the base in the mishkan in the base of mikdash. Uh, but he's not complacent. He says, I love being close to Hashem and I want to participate in the dedication also. And the response is, you get the menorah. And the menorah also has a dedication, like right when you were saying, right. that it, has, it can only be lit when it's dedicated. It can only be lit by a Kohen. So you get to dedicate the menorah. They dedicated the Mizbech. And what's more, the, so the menorah, maybe the, the dedication of the Mizbech depends on the dedication Right, I like um, thinking more about the idea you said that their dedication, the mizbeach, is predicated on the menorah. That it needs that that flame. But the menorah to be lit first. So maybe that's a nice idea that our own all the kavod that was for him, that doesn't do it for him. He wants an opportunity to do something that is part of their avoda, their mizbeach, and that's what our own is sad that all the things he has are for himself. What can he do that will be helping them, adding to what they that do? will last. It will also help others. Yeah, that's what I was thinking more that it, it helps others. I mean, I could be a star on my own. I could be do all these great things, but I want to be part of something bigger. Uh, and how is it that Nassim are helping others? Not that no, Nassim, no. that Aaron is helping them because he provides the flame right. that will be used for the Mizbeach. Right, so he's participating in the Mizbeach also and, through that way. Like he wants to have a part of their excitement, the thing that they're doing. Their, their time in the limelight, he wants to be... Mm-hmm. Helping facilitate. You that. think of also like a Yisrael, any Zar, any other person, non Kohen coming to the Beis Hamikdash to the Mishkan. Like their main interaction with the Mishkan, with the Beis Hamikdash, is really through the Mizbeach, like through bringing Karbanos. A Yisrael right. otherwise doesn't really have. Right, they so don't much. get to see the menorah, right? So just connecting right. to that bigger whole. So like Aaron gets the menorah, but like that still doesn't connect him to the Jewish people. At all, like he's still a leader. He's not part of the people. He's not involved with what the people are involved with. If now the menorah is really the basis for the mizbeach, so now Aaron's connecting himself to this greater nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So we have a couple of really these are diff, these are independent right, um, the first strands of of drush in the Rashi. Right. The question all starts in saying what 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 was unique about the. Menorah that satisfied Aaron. What does what does Rashi mean with this, with this medrash? But there, but there are a couple of concepts to highlight. The first one's the Aaron's desire for more, which is a drush of complacency. And what's the second one? The second one is that he wanted a Chanukah, and the 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 dedication he dedicated. Aaron gets to dedicate the menorah, and the menorah is useful for Klal Yisrael. It connects to to the mizbeach. And how does that? So, what, where's the where's the drush there? Where's the drush material? What would you say? Well, that second idea that his dedication is contributing to others makes you can bring that home to like me or you or a person. Think about what are the things that you're most proud of? Are you proud of the things that you do for yourself that give you kavod that people see that you do, or are you proud of the dedications, things that you do that enable others? That Aaron is most proud of lighting the menorah, which enables them. 
I think that connects really nicely to the idea of a menorah, the, the whole light, the ba'aloscha, that, that you have to take the candle until it could hold itself up. Right, that you right, have, right, that, right. That, should be a right. That you have to, you have to take your talents and, you know, bring them out so that they'll be able to help other people rise up on their own. I think that just connects to that last idea. So the menorah, even though that's about lighting the menorah, but it means... The, but the, the symbolism concept. of the menorah and what Aaron was appeased with was this, this idea. Right. That now he was able to right. enable others. And that's the symbolism of light. Light is something that you share. Um, you know, my, uh, my mother tells the story about the tzaddik and pelts. Do you guys know the story of the tzaddik and pelts? Not yet. Not you usually yet. get to hear from your father, from your mother. This is a uh, rare treat. My mother tells the story, I think it's from a, the, um, the tzaddik, the, there's, somebody walks into a room it's really cold, so the, the, the person who's cold, who, who has the ability to warm, to warm up, that's the tzaddik. And the tzaddik can choose how they want to warm up. They can put on pelts, pelts is fur in Yiddish. A coat. A coat. Um, so they can put on their coat and they'll be warm. They have this gigantic fur warm coat, like, you know, the kind that you rub your face in when you're a little kid, right? So that really warms you up. We all did it, we know. Um, or the tzaddik can choose to light the fireplace and if they light the fireplace they warm themselves and they warm everybody together and the, the job of the tzaddik is not to choose to be a tzaddik in pelts the job of the tzaddik is the tzaddik who lights who lights the flame of the the fireplace and provides light and heat for the, the whole room and that's the menorah we know that the uh, the, the Gemara says I think in, in Yuma that there were there were windows in the base Hamikdash so that the light of the menorah could shine outward. They were wide on the They're inside wide. and narrow. They were on the wide on the inside. Out, outside. They were wide on the outside, narrow on the inside, so that the light could shine inside. outward um, and and share the light of the menorah with the, with, the, with the world. So the point of the menorah is to illuminate not just itself. The point of the menorah is to share the illumination with everybody around them. So that's, you're saying that's what Aaron wanted. He wanted to illuminate others. He wanted to share with others. Both in the dedication, through, by dedicating, by starting the menorah, he assists in the dedication of the Mizbeach because the flame is taken from the menorah for the Mizbeach. And also the menorah represents sharing, which is what the Levim always did, right? The Levim were always the teachers. Um, they carried the flame of the Torah and they, they uh, traveled around Eretz Yisrael teaching Torah to all the Jewish people. It's a lesson that even dates back earlier, why Abraham was the beginning of the Avos and not Noah. That Abraham was the one who went out and didn't just worry about himself, as opposed to Noah, who didn't inspire the other people to do tshuva. Right, the med- also the Medrash says, the Medrash contrasts Noah with Abraham, that when Noah hears that, his, that the people are going to be destroyed, he says, okay, I'll build a, I'll build a boat. Noah was a tzaddik in pelts. Um... Avraham, he, he hears that Sodom was going to be destroyed and he spends an entire parak davening to Hashem to not destroy Sodom. He's what he wants to bring the people up with him. Now don't get me wrong, Noach ish tzaddik, tamim hayab adorazav. The tzaddik and pelts is still a tzaddik. The tzaddik and pelts is still a tzaddik. But he's a tzaddik and pelts. And some, yeah, it depends on the situa- situation, the circumstance. And what are our applications? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What, are, what would be practical applications for people? So I remember when I was in Smicha that um, somebody came to speak to our class. 
and they said that, you know there were like a hundred students, hundred boys in my in my class in Smicha. It was like a huge class, I think, or maybe that's just how I remember it. Either way, it was a huge room full of lots of different students, and everybody knows that just because someone becomes a rabbi in Smicha doesn't I mean they actually function as a rabbi. They'll be a rabbi of a shul, they'll be a rabbi of a school. Not necessarily. Sometimes they become rabbi doctors, they become rabbi lawyers, rabbi accountants, rabbi Indian chiefs, and. The, uh, the speaker told him, he said, I know that not all of you are going to become rabbis in communities. He said, but I want you to know that all of you can influence the people around you. All of you can teach. He said, you know, you have your home, an apartment building, a house, wherever it is, and you get a couple of uh, neighbors together to learn. You are changing the Jewish people. And sharing that, that light of Torah, or that light of Chesed, or that light of Tzedakah, or that light of Thoughtfulness and righteousness—that's that's for everybody. And you don't, and obviously, you don't even have to be a rabbi to do that. Right. When when congregants in a show volunteer to give a shear, they probably get a better turnout than the rabbi. Right. People are happy to hear that. Right. Right. There are lots of, and there are lots like in our shul. There are lots of um, learned men and women who love to to share and teach Torah. Yeah, and they get they get a great opportunity for that. For sure. What else? What else do we have? Aside from just, you know, the most straightforward, everybody should teach Torah. Aside from that, what else do we I, have? Just that, that idea itself is true not only of Torah, as most things are. Uh-huh. Meaning, whatever you want, it, whatever position you're in of helping people, you don't have to be doing that professionally. If you get up and just decide to help somebody, and that's what all the committees in the shul are even. Right. Like those are people who aren't doing this professionally, but right. they're volunteering their time. They want to step up, and even if they're only helping their person next door to them, their right. neighbor down the block. So, like that's also changing and affecting the Jewish people. It's not just through Torah. Right. right, and often those people don't get the cover. They're not in the limelight. A person who's on a committee and changes the light bulbs in the shul, let's say, or sweeps the floor, whatever. Some of the things that you're doing are enabling the shul to function, enabling everybody to to daven to do the things you need to do. But that person didn't get a lot of attention for it. Right. A friend of mine once told me a story that he was once in shul with his dad. And like they walked in and noticed one of the lights were out in shul. And he's like, come on, son, we're going to buy a light bulb. And they go and they get a light bulb and they change the shul. And his son said to him, like, dad, this isn't like your job. He's like, well, someone has to change the light bulb. So the light's out, I'm going to change it. Like that was a menorah that provided light. Wow, that people. is a great Russia story because you have, the, you have the... The influence and the effect and the caring. And you see with the father and the son, the son is remembering the story. Yeah, it really impacted him. Right. And the, and the son is enlightened and, wow. He's and probably spreading the light. Torah. Right, the, the light bulb, exactly. And if yeah. you say in Hebrew, it's actually a menorah, right? That's, uh, that's unbelievable. I think that's a great opener. Is it a great opener, closer? I think it's more of a closer. We, closer. We have this opener closer issue often. Yeah, there's sometimes sometimes they can be. But uh, it's like spoil. It's like a spoiler if it's the opener. Uh huh. But you can't tell the story that Sadiq and Pelts either. That's no, also, that that also a spoiler. So what do you uh, what do you open with? You need something that's going. I would open the the tension of our. I mean, we're this started with a, a question we had on that question Rashi. was a strong question and Aaron also. was jealous of he has so much now he's jealous of this the fact that they get one day 
to do the Nisim, then our answer is the fact that he's enabling them by lighting the menorah. That's what he wants to be a part of. But I think the opener has to parallel the tension. The fact that, like, Aaron is jealous, and maybe that idea of... And not skip to the end. Yeah. Parallel that tension that the, his, his, his aspirations and his... But it's not, we're not, right? We're not clear that it's jealousy. We're not, we're actually coming out that he wasn't jealous, right? But he had great aspirations and, and great stand. He was holding himself to a very high standard. Yeah, so what would you, what kind of thing would you want to open for that? Right, I'm just, it's coming to mind that though I'm from Chicago, the, the Bulls in the two years when Michael Jordan had retired. I remember those days. So Scotty Pippen became the star of the team. You're talking about when 23 retired and 45 had not yet come back. Yeah, the first time he retired, 95, 96 maybe. No, 95, 94. I don't all know. All the people in Chicago listen to this. Yeah, so Scotty Pippen was the star of the team, and I don't know if it was a playoff game. It's a famous moment that Phil Jackson drew up the play at the end of the game, and Pippen was supposed to pass to somebody else. And he got so upset that they wouldn't give him the last shot. Like, he, this was his time to be the Michael Jordan, to finally be... Scottie Pippen's whole career, he's, like, the number two player. Yeah. His time to be in the limelight, to be the star of the team. And then they tried to give somebody else the last shot. He was got upset at the coach, and he wouldn't go in for the play. It was like, if you can, you can look it up on YouTube. So that's the opposite of our message. That's, the, like, somebody who's... He wants everything. He's not... Like he has everything and he's still jealous. So that's and hum- that's what Aaron Cohen looks like. That is a great story. And that's awesome. what Aaron Cohen looks like. Especially for me, because that, that that's when I grew up. Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan. Those are yeah. the days. Space Jam. Like, this is, this is, this is my childhood. Yeah. Awesome. So you start, you open with that, and that really sets up. You just have to be careful when you start. I mean, Scotty Pippen was actually being very petty at that point. Um, and we have to be careful when that, we set it up to make it clear that by the time we finish, nobody thinks right. that Aaron, Aaron was being petty. God forbid, it looks like Aaron is being petty. Right. So you have to, you have to consciously, consciously draw the distinction throughout that Aaron was not. But I think that's the Ramban's question. It's like, what are you saying, Rashi? Are you saying that Aaron was Scotty Pippen? Again, even in his question, he wasn't... He, he was even Aaron was never the Ramban was never assuming that Aaron was petty or Scotty Pippen no, but in isn't that his, a problem with Rashi or no not even it's, that it's an extreme form and we have to I think we have to draw the, the it's not like the Ramban entertained the possibility that Aaron was right. actually and even if you look at it in the, you know, in the most cynical light he's still not Scotty Pippen like refusing to get out there like yeah. come on it's a low moment for Scotty yeah, Pippen. Yeah, Chicago's done better. Um, so I think that's great. So, you, you, and it really speaks to like, like Ray Hoberman, if you would use this, like this is Chicago. This yeah, is who you are. People are happy when I mention Chicago. Yeah, so you talk, you talk they about... They don't just have to hear my accent. There's right, so you some talk, substance. You talk about Scotty Pippen. Then you go into the Ramban. You've already asked the Ramban's question. You don't have to explain it because you've, you've illustrated it. Everybody in the room knows... Scotty Pippen, Michael's room, everybody remembers that moment, whether or not they actually saw it or not. Like, I never never knew it till now, but I feel like I remember it. And then you offer a suggestion, and it's like the opposite. No! It's, it's like, I always wanted to make that pass. It's the exact opposite. Scotty Pippen refusing, I'm not going to oh, not great. make the pass. I'm not going to take it to the hole. No, I got to pass it. I got to pass it. 
And then, and then and they say, how are you going to pass it? Then you get back into the drush of the application. You go back to the, the story of Scotty Pippen. How are you going to pass it? Who are you going to pass to? What are you going to pass to them? Is it going to be big? Is it going to be small? Do you have to wait till the playoffs? Like, what about the rest of the season? How are you going to pass it? And then you talk about, like, how do you pass? What does it mean? What does it mean to pass it on? How do you share the light? How do you pass the ball? This is great. I'm very excited to hear Ray Hoberman's rush on this. It's going to be really excellent. There was 1.8 seconds left in the game. Game three of the playoff series, Bulls versus Knicks. The year was 1995. The year Michael Jordan had retired, he was, current, he was playing baseball at the time. Scottie Pippen was the star of the team. Phil Jackson, the coach. With 1.8 seconds left, they're drawing up the play. Of course, Pippen expects to be taking the final shot. This is his time. This is his year to be the star of the team with Michael Jordan away. But instead, Phil Jackson draws up a play for Tony Kukoc to take the last shot. You could look this up on YouTube. Pippen refused to get into the game. He sat in the corner of the bench. The Bulls were forced to use another timeout. And in interviews after the game, he explained how upset he was that the last shot wasn't called for him. This is certainly petty behavior from a basketball player, but shockingly, a comment from Rashi and Arparsha almost seems to paint a picture that one of our great people shared this negative behavior. The Parsha begins with the Haloscha lighting of the menorah, and Rashi points out that in the previous Parsha, all of the Nisim brought their korbanos to inaugurate the Mizbeach, and Aaron Akoin, the leader of the tribe of Levi, Cholsha Daito, he, he felt bad that he was not part of the Chanukah Samizbeach, that he did not bring any of these offerings in last week's Parsha. And seemingly sharing the pettiness of Scotty Pippen, God forbid, Aaron Cohen was upset. He complained to Hashem that he didn't have an opportunity to be part of the Chanukah Samizbeach. And Hashem says, don't worry, I'll have you like the menorah. The Ramban points out how this seems absurd. How could we say that Aaron Cohen was such a petty person? God forbid, how could it be that Aaron would it be as petty as Scottie Pippen was in that playoff game? I believe the answer is that Arona Cohen lived a life of always taking the final shot. Like Scottie Pippen, he was the leader. He was the person who was the, the Cohen Guttel and Yom Kippur. He was the person who was always in the limelight. But as opposed to Scottie Pippen, Aaron was actually the opposite. Aaron was looking for an opportunity. When can I pass the ball? When can I give somebody else the final shot? In fact, that's what Hashem is giving him by giving Aaron the honor of lighting the menorah. The Gemara teaches us that the light from the menorah is that, is that that flame is used to light under the Mizbeach. That Aaron lighting the menorah really enables all of the other offerings to be brought. Aaron Cohen was looking at the Nisim, looking at everyone else having their time to shine, and he wanted to provide that light. Aaron wanted to be the one to be able to provide that for everyone else. In life, we often... Think about when you, just the same way in the highlights of a basketball game, you see the, the shooters, you see the people who score the most points. In life, sometimes we think about the shots that we take that are most impactful. But really what Aaron Cohen is teaching us here is that it wasn't most meaningful to him that he was the, the Cohen Guttel bringing all these offerings. What was most meaningful to him was the opportunity to, to throw that pass, to be able to light the menorah, to enable someone else to have their moment. We have many opportunities to be lighting the light for other people. My father once, when, we, when I was younger, 
he noticed that the lights were out in the shul, that there were a few bulbs that were missing. And after Shabbos, we went out to buy light bulbs in order to put them up in the shul. My father was teaching me an important lesson there, that sometimes lighting the, the menorah, lighting those lights for the shul, even though you won't get any attention for it, but you're enabling everybody else to daven. We have many opportunities in life to, to take the final shot, but I encourage you to think of when is the opportunity for you to throw that pass. Let me just point out one thing to our listeners. So we do the drush at the end of the drush deconstructed. It's a short drush up. The point of the drush deconstructed, obviously, if you're going to give a full length drush up, you would develop these ideas more. You'd maybe think of more examples. You mentioned the Avraham and Noah connection. Maybe that won't be in the summary, but in a, in a longer drush up, you could spend more time developing that. Right. Just, just something I've wanted to point out in the past, but remembering now that the, the end, our end little drush up, we, we shorten everything. But there's much, there are more stages of development if you're actually given the drusha. Right, right. That's there's, how the two minutes becomes 10, 12, or longer. 25. Right. My sweet spot is, is 25 to 45 minute drushas. But yes. Yeah. Um, also, I remind our listeners that they should remember to subscribe to, uh, to the podcast. And that way they won't miss, they won't miss a single episode. And uh, you can leave a comment on the bottom. You can pass the podcast on. Pass the podcast on. Share the light. That's really beautiful. This has been another episode of Drusha Deconstructed. Please share it with your friends. We love that you listen. Bye-bye and have a good Shabbos.